Today we are starting a new series, and I'm excited about this series. It's called Instimacy, and I'm going to unpack that for you here in a little bit, what that really means and where we're going with this. But I thought the best way to start this series was just something that would warm your heart and something that would make us smile this morning. And this is an older video about a dad and his daughter and a little song that they sang together. Maybe you've seen this. Several million people have. Um, so maybe you've seen it. If you have, sing along. If you know you haven't, enjoy. But let's start the series off with this video. Watch. You guys friend in me? Yep. By Claire and Dad. By Claire and Dad. You can. I thought about just um, trying to replicate that, but I don't play guitar or sing, and my daughters aren't four anymore, so we didn't want to try and pull that off. Um, no, we, I believe this with all my heart. We all need and we all want life-changing relationships. I believe that. We all want that deeply, but I also know this. That's hard, isn't it? 
Man, this is hard work to develop friendships and keep friendships and have them grow and make them something so important in our lives. Um, we've seen it. Loneliness in our world is an epidemic. There, there's loneliness all around us. Uh, people work more than ever before, put in more hours. We, we move more often than ever before. And absolutely, we talk online more than we do face-to-face anymore. Um, it's just part of our nature and our culture now. I learned this this week, a little research. There are over 2.5 billion active Facebook users in the world. Um, and that's not just people that have a Facebook account. They said this is active users, people that are on there regularly, 2.5 billion in the world, the average American has over 340 Facebook friends, but only two close friends. Well, I read that research and I thought, wait, I'm going to push back on that. I'm not so sure about that. I believe that most Americans have more than 340 Facebook friends and probably two good friends is stretching it. Um, they might have rounded up to get to that. Maybe not even one good close friend. For me personally, I have 1,115 Facebook friends and I don't even know them all. That's the hard part. I was April this week actually said to me, "Hey, who's this on your Facebook?" And I looked at it and I said, "I have no idea. I don't know who that is, but we're friends on Facebook. Um, somehow that happened. Um, so I want to play a little game with you. Let, let's try this. All right, I, I'm going to show you a picture and you tell me who this is. All right, does everybody know? Patrick Mahomes. Right. He was born September 17th, 1995. <sighs> It makes me feel old, I know. Tyler, Texas is where he was born. He went to Texas Tech College. Um, he was drafted in the first round um, in 2017 by the Chiefs, not the Bears. Sorry, Steve, if he's in there. Yeah, you're welcome. I had to throw that in. Super Bowl 24 champ, um, MVP, 10 NFL records already in his career, four franchise records. He has endorsements from Hunt's Ketchup, Oakley, Essential Water, Hy-Vee, State Farm, DirecTV, Adidas. He was on the cover of Madden NFL 20. He broke the curse this year of that. Um, his favorite movie is Remember the Titans. His favorite food is steak. And if you listen to an interview with him with your eyes closed, it kind of sounds like Kermit the Frog. I'm just, just saying. I don't know. I'm just saying. All right, listen. Um, it's, it's true. So now we know, we know Patrick Mahomes, right? No. We, you might know, some, okay, maybe somebody does know him. We know about Patrick Mahomes, don't we? There's a big difference between knowing someone and knowing about someone. Because I believe we're more connected than we've ever been before in our society. We have more connections, but we're less intimate than we've ever been before. It was God. God said it this way. It's a quote from him directly. It's one of his early statements. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. He said this early on in the creation of mankind. It is not good for us to be alone. That's how he created us. And he said this primarily as a statement for marriage. This is when he was creating man and woman, husband and wife, Adam and Eve. He made this statement. And I believe it goes for all of us. We all fit in this. Um, it doesn't matter what age you are. Loneliness can affect somebody who's young. Loneliness can affect somebody who's old. And it doesn't matter your personality. Personality doesn't matter on this. Both introverts and extroverts need friends. 
you can't use your, if you're an introvert, you can't use that as an excuse and say, I don't need any friends. I'm an introvert. I'm just going to go home by myself, right? No, introverts and extroverts both need friends and probably equally important. The difference might be how, how many friends you have, how often you hang with them, how long you spend time with them. See, the difference between solitude, there is a difference between solitude and isolation. One is connected and one isn't. Solitude replenishes us. Isolation diminishes us. So even if you're an introvert, you can't be in isolation. God didn't create you that way. He created you to be with others. Solitude might help us at times, but we still have to be in a relationship. So how do we get real intimacy in an Instagram culture? That's what we're going to look at over the next few weeks. So I'm going to give you some definitions to start with. Intimacy is this, emotional closeness. When I use the word intimacy through this, it's not um, a physical relationship, maybe between a husband and a wife. There's nothing sexual about this. Intimacy is emotional closeness. Intimacy, then, a made-up word, is instant closeness without the hassle of relationships or emotions. I just want to jump to it immediately. I want to get there right away, and I don't want the hassle of working at it or trying hard to be friends with someone. So we're going to look at how to be a great friend. We're also in this time going to look at how you choose your friends wisely. There's a biblical background and understanding of how we can choose friends. Following or friending, what's the difference there? Maybe you need to back away from a relationship. How do you unfriend someone? Um, What if that has happened and you want to reconcile What does that look like? And what does the Bible teach us about that? So um, I believe that God has designed us and made us to be friends with each other. We all need that. If you've ever been to a wedding, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, two are better than one. It's a true statement. This, though, um, I'm going to be real honest with you right now. Um, And I'm going to say something, and then I'm going to backtrack and say maybe it's not true. But this might be, I believe this might be, the most hypocritical sermons, a series of sermons that I've ever given here at Crestview. Here's why. Here's why I'm going to say this. Um, because I'm not good at this. So I'm going to preach to you for a few weeks about friendships and about something that I might not be very good at. So if you're going to sit out there and think, I know him and he's not good at that. He just said something that he doesn't do. You're probably right. Um, I'm probably not very good at this. I need to work at this as well. So I'm going to preach through some things because I believe it to be true, not because I've mastered it. Not to say that I've mastered all the other stuff that I preach about, right? But I need to work on this. Therefore, maybe it's not hypocritical of me because I'm letting you know that this is a weak area of mine and I need to work on it. I believe just like all of us need to work on our friendships. So how to be a great friend. This is where we're at today. Now there's tons of qualities. I could have made a long list. We could be here for a long time talking about all the qualities that friendships have. And you, we all might have the same list. They just might not be in the same order of importance. Some things may be more important to you than other things, depending on who you are and your friendships. But I believe that we could probably narrow some of this down. And I'm going to just hit on three of them today. Things that help us become a great friend. And the first one is this, initiate. We have to initiate it. It takes action. 
You, you have to do something to be somebody's friend. There takes action in that. Now, I believe in our world, we weren't raised very well this way. Uh, or we got off to a start that makes it hard for us to initiate. Because when we were younger, our parents took us to a thing called school. And they dropped us off. And we went into a room full of people our own age. Going through the same stuff in life. Learning the same things. And we all did it together. We were forced into relationships. We didn't have to initiate. It just happened. Junior high, high school, if you played sports, if you were in clubs, if you were in groups, it just happened. You didn't have to work at initiating anything. Even in college, you didn't have to initiate it. You were maybe in a sorority or a fraternity. Maybe you had, you know, roommates that it just happened and you had a lot of stuff in common. And then you graduate into adulthood and you start working and you start working next to somebody who's getting ready to graduate their high school senior or their kids are getting married or somebody that's getting ready to retire. And you're thinking, I I don't know how to do life with these people. I've never had to initiate these type of relationships before. Or maybe you're that middle-aged person and you're working with somebody who's about to retire and they just hired somebody to work next to you that just graduated from college. And you're trying to figure out, how, how do I do life with these people? It's harder for us to do, but it's important. First John three eighteen says, Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Actions show love. Actions show that we want to be friends with somebody. So I'm going to put it this way for you. You have to own your relationships. No one else can do it for you or build them for you. This is up to you. If you want friends, go make some friends. Go do that. And you might say, well, no one asked me out. No one, you know, invited me to the party. Well, you do it. You create the party. You invite people over you make that. Now, don't be a creeper or a stalker, right? Hey, let's, let's go have lunch, you know, and after lunch you say, that was really cool. What are you doing tomorrow for lunch, right? It, let, it, let it build, let it grow. Don't overdo it, but maybe you have to be the one to organize it. And I believe if you look around, if you notice your situation and where you're at and what you're doing, you just pay attention to the things around you, that there might be some friends around you if you just take the first step and initiate it. So I found a way to illustrate that this week in a video. It was brand new, I think this week, a video that came out. Some of you may have already seen it, maybe you haven't, but I think this jumps right into making this point for us. Let's watch this together. You know, I mean, we're not a boys club or a social club. We're just a group of husbands collectively waiting for our wives um, in the Target parking lot. I used to get so bored. Hours and hours of waiting in the car. I thought it'd be a good idea one time to go in with the wife. Thought I could maybe scout out some camping gear or something like that. Just ended up holding their purse. Eventually, I just started returning the carts just to stay busy, get a little exercise. And then the target management noticed and they offered me a job. They said I could work whenever my wife was shopping. Last week, I clocked 12 hours. Between 2015 and 2018, I actually completed my doctorate online while waiting for my wife. Then one day, everything changed. 
I'm sitting in the car, it's been 63 minutes, I'm furious, and then there's this knock on the window. Hey, got some new jerky. You want you want to try some? Charlie's beef jerky. Yeah. That was honestly the start of our friendship. You know, it didn't happen all at once. Honestly, I don't remember how it started. Penn came along, and then this Miles guy started parking closer to us, and then eventually, like, the group was just formed. What do we do here? Well, uh, we toss the ball around, play some cards, you know, a little gambling. Uh, we have supper if it gets late enough. When Miles brought his grill, <laughs> it changed everything. So we got your standard grill set up that everyone has. We got the coffee over here. We got the beans about to go there. Brats on the grill. It's lunchtime. One summer we did a series of car washes and we actually raised enough money to put a big screen in the back of Penn's van. That was a good summer. For a while the kids were real damper on the group, you know, but then we got a two-car system going where each guy takes a 15-minute shift watching the kids while the others just get to chill, hang out. Eventually we decided just to put a security camera in the daycare van so we can keep an eye on the kids, but also keep a full poker table. Oh, God! This will pay for my uh, wife's target run. Hey, so we get eyes on the kids? Oh, they're fine. You know, honestly, I think this has saved my marriage. My wife and I used to constantly fight about how much time she was spending at Target. But now, thanks to the group, my marriage is stronger than ever. I clip coupons for her now so we can head to Target and I can hang out with the guys and she can do her thing, uh, whatever she does in there. Taylor, we gotta go. We gotta go. Oh, come on, babe. Five more minutes? No, we gotta go right just now. Five, just five. five more minutes. You guys have been in here all day. Oh, Can you see the sale on the curtains? Um, they're really, They're really nice. They're yep. real cute. Got, gotta go. I know it sounds crazy, but I look forward to those throw pillows going on sale now. Get to see my boys. Hi, we're coming tomorrow? Yeah, they got a sale tomorrow. You'll be here. You got a sale tomorrow? Time. Okay, all right, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, all right, yeah. sounds yeah. good. And I just hope it doesn't end with us. I would love to see target husband groups just formed all over the world. There's no reason for any husband to have to endure a red tag sale loan. You see another guy waiting for his wife, you know, just offer him some beef jerky. Let him know you're down to hang. Your best friend may be just two cars away. I mean, we have so much in common. We all have wives, and they're all in there somewhere. My name is Miles. My name is Penn. My name is Charlie. My name is Taylor, and I am a target husband. And I'm a target husband. And I am a target husband. And I'm a target husband. All right, I'm not promoting Target at all with that video, but you never know. You never know where you can initiate a conversation and a friendship might spark up. So let me jump, jump into the next one. What, is, what does it take to be a good friend? The next thing is to listen. I think listening is, is huge. It's so important in a friendship, and the skill of listening is, is what we need to do. And there's many aspects to it. It's not just one-sided. You listen to somebody else talk. Listening has many different ways to go about it. Look at Proverbs 19:20. It says, "Listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you will be counted among the wise." I love this concept and how biblical it is to listen. 
And when we understand that listening and wisdom go hand in hand, I think it makes a huge difference. So if you were to study wisdom throughout scripture and you were to see and just kind of take apart that concept of wisdom, you're going to notice a couple things that happen and appear with wisdom over and over and over. One of those is that those who are wise that have wisdom, the fear of the Lord is a part of that. You have a healthy fear of who God is and what he does. And the second thing is listening to others. The fear of God and listening to others is how the Bible describes and um, defines those that are wise. So we value people that listen to us. Or can I put it this way? We value people that we can vent to. We all want somebody that when time, times get tough, whether that be in our marriage or our relationships, our work, um, our kids, whatever it might be, for us, we want somebody that we can go to and just verbally and emotionally unload on. And they take it with us and they listen to us, right? We can vent to them. But if that's all we want is ears and we just want somebody that we can unload on and vent to, that's not friendship. I'm actually going to call that narcissism. That's actually gossip. That's actually us wanting and just needing somebody else to listen, and that's it. And venting, though, if we were to really vent to a true friend, a real friendship, it's somebody who will listen to us, will give us advice, and we listen back. And we not just hear their advice, we do something about it. So if you're in a relationship with somebody, if you're dating somebody, and you're going through some struggles, and you get together with your friends... And you unload on them about how bad things are in your relationship and your friends tell you, we think maybe you should just break up with them. And you say, what kind of friends are you, right? No, they're good friends. If you actually listen to them and follow their advice. Maybe you go to somebody and say, hey, I'm struggling at work. And you give them all the reasons why you don't like working where you work. Um, and they listen to you and they say, man, you've got some, some good things there, some, you know, some things that, that are true and real, but let me give you some advice. Maybe you should try showing up to work on time, doing what your boss asks you to do without complaining and see how it goes for a while. And you actually try it? That's what friendship is. When you listen back to them, not just use them as a sounding board, but you listen back and you take their advice Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. That's true friendship. When someone can give you advice, and even though it might hurt at first, you can say, I trust your advice, therefore I'm going to try it. And they're there to help you, not hurt you. No one has ever said, I don't believe I've ever heard anyone say, man, I love being friends with her because she vents all the time. <laughs> she complains about everything. I love it, right? No. But I have heard people say, I love being friends with her because she listens. I think we all want friends like that. Someone that will listen to us, but also someone that will listen to us and do what we've encouraged them to do. Listening, it's so important. Okay, the last one, let me give you this. It's loyalty. Being a friend to someone, loyalty is a huge part of that relationship. And the first step is loyalty to yourself. Who are you? And knowing who you are and being that. 
Luke 6.31, it's a phrase many of you have probably heard, good sound advice, do to others what you would have them do to you. But I like the way Andy Stanley put it. He took this um, quote from scripture and he, he said it this way, become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Let's think about that for just a second, right? Now, I believe his quote and what he was saying was more towards those that were dating or looking for someone in marriage. But I believe it'll work for everyone. Become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. You see, not everyone is going to be your friend. But you have to be true and real to yourself in that. And if you're faking it with somebody and they become your friend, then you have to keep faking it in front of them. Be you. Be yourself. And if it, friendship doesn't work out, try somewhere else. But be the person you want to be friends with because you're going to come across somebody that says, that's who I want as a friend. And you're going to say, and that's who I want as a friend. And it's going to work. God has gifted you in a certain way. God has designed and, and made you in a certain way. Be that. And that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. I, I, I want Crestview to be that kind of a church. A church that survives because of relationships. We are one big group, but I believe we're also made up of many small groups. Friendships. We're not an organization. We're not an event. We're definitely not a production. That's not what we do. We are a community of people who are on mission together. And I believe our mission keeps us going, but our community keeps us together as we move forward. I don't know that there was any one person that that gets to claim this quote, um, but I love this quote. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And our goal is not to go fast as a church. Our goal is eternity. And we want to take people there with us. We want to tell people about that. And we want to go far together with as many people as we can. Now, absolutely not without problems. We're human. We're sinners. We make mistakes, even in our relationships. And we need friendships that will allow us to have second chances over and over again. So not only loyalty to yourself and who you are, but also to others. Proverbs 17, 17, I think could be a theme verse, not just for this morning, but for this whole series. It says, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. Now this is from the Old Testament Proverbs. And I believe that um, King Solomon probably wrote this. He wrote a lot of the Proverbs and it was probably him that wrote it. Now I can't prove it. I don't know for sure, but I'll bet maybe I'm going to guess that he wrote this about his dad. His dad was King David, and he probably watched his dad in his relationships and saw a loyal brother to his friends. See, David was anointed by Samuel, who was a high priest, um, speaking on behalf of God. David was anointed to be the next king of Israel after King Saul. Well, here's the problem. Saul had a son named Jonathan, and Jonathan was in line to become the next king But God had other plans, and God elected and selected David to be that next king. Well, here's the weird part about what happened there. Jonathan, who should have been the next king, and David, who God selected, became really good friends. They developed a friendship which made 
the current king, Saul, upset. He didn't like that. But David and Jonathan made a pact with each other not to kill his family. David said that to Jonathan. He said, when I become king, I promise I won't kill your family. And you're like, well, that's a weird way to start a relationship, right? (laughs) I promise I'm not going to kill your family. But that's what happened during that time period. If somebody became king and they weren't in the line, the heritage to become the next king, what they would do is kill off that family. It made it easier so that no one could come forward and lay claim to the throne and to say, I'm supposed to be the king. So he made this commitment to him and he was loyal to it, even to this fact. And you can read this um, in the Old Testament. They found out years later that there was a survivor, a descendant of Jonathan's, of Saul's that was still alive. He had a weird name. His name was Mophibosheth. Mophibosheth, he was actually a lame person. He was crippled as a kid, and so he, he didn't walk very well. And during that time period, then he would have been an outcast. But yet he had survived this whole time. And Jonathan, or David found out about him and sent for him. And they went and got this guy, Mophibosheth, who was Jonathan's son, and brought him to the palace where David was. And I'm sure that he knew it was just his time. I'll bet he, he limped in knowing this was it. His life was over. And he knelt before King David, waiting for David to give the orders to have him killed. And David said, not today. You see, I made a commitment to your father, Jonathan, that I would not kill you. Therefore, I'm going to bring you in. I'm actually going to adopt you as a son. I'm going to bring you into my kingdom. You're going to be the son of the current king, and you're going to get the protection and the favor of me, the king. Someone who was crippled, and at that time should have been an outcast. Someone who during that time should have been killed because of his heritage. He was spared because of loyalty. Because of a friendship and being loyal in that, that David kept his loyal commitment to his friend Jonathan. And I believe we all want that kind of friendship. A Proverbs seventeen seventeen friendship. And I think we all have it. We don't just want it with each other. We want it, I believe, with God, and we have it with God. Because I believe that God is faithful to us even when we are unfaithful. And Jesus has become our friend, our king. And he has come to us even when we should be outcast because of our sins, even when we should not be around any longer because of the heritage we have, because of our history of our sin, Jesus said, not today. In fact, Jesus said, I want to adopt you. I want to bring you in and make you part of my family. And because Jesus is now our king, we get to be sons and daughters of him. And we get to be friends with a guy who keeps his commitments and is loyal to us to the very end and someone who gave his life for us. If you don't know Jesus as your friend, if you don't know him as this loyal friend to you and what he can do for you, I'd I'd love to share that with you. I'd love to teach you and tell you about who Jesus is. And you, you can come up during this next song. You can chat with me after the service, whatever it might take. This week, I want to share who Jesus is and that he is loyal. 
to you in your kingdom. He has adopted you in that. If you have, then I'm going to challenge you to take some action this week. Initiate a friendship with somebody, especially someone that might not know who Jesus is, and share with them and tell them what kind of friend they have in Jesus. Listen to them. Let them vent to you. Listen to advice of someone else if you're the one venting. And be loyal. Be loyal to who God made you to be, but also to the friendship that Jesus has with you and continue to walk with him. Right now we're going to remember what Jesus did for us. So if you would, let's stand together and sing about this adoption and how important that is.